Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Teddy Talks podcast. My name is Teddy Parsons, your host and continued agitator for the next 30 minutes or so. I am so happy you can join us today. On today's episode, we welcome our special guest, Fetisha Taya, founder and president CEO of 7C Lingo, located in Lansing, Michigan. Hi, Fatih, how are you? Good morning, Teddy. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Good. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you again for joining us. So who is Fatih, and what should our listeners need to know about you? Oh, wow. Um, I guess that's a great question. I've really never been asked a question like that before. So, um, well, I am um, basically um, an entrepreneur by nature, a father of three, um, love my family, um, love business, love growth, uh, love sharing, love being part of a community that cares. Um, I like the idea of uh, cross-culture communication. Um, I'm originally from Egypt, uh, migrated to the U.S. at the age of 14. So that's really, in a, in a, in a nutshell, who I am. Awesome. Also, I want to say just my own two cents. You're also a really amazing person. So I think uh, you are just a good guy. So, Thank okay. You. You're welcome. Can you please share with us what is 7C Lingo and what services do you offer there at your organization? Sure. Um, 7C is, a, is, a, is really um, a very unique concept. Uh, at first, it's not a concept that is probably well-recognized to uh, most people, uh, even though that once we start talking about the services that we offer, it will connect more. Um, we are a cross-culture communication company, like I mentioned. Uh, we focus primarily on linguistic translation, interpretation, and cross-culture training, um, culture intelligence training. But I think what really is very unique to 7C, uh, the name is unique. Um, the C here stands for the contents, so seven contents. So the idea behind it is we wanted something unique, something catchy that uh, can hopefully uh, people can connect with quicker. Um, what sets us apart is our idea of trying to have a one-stop shop that really focuses on culture and linguistic projects. Um, and really, as many of us can see in, in this day and age, everything is somewhat related to culture, whether you're from the South or the North or the East or the West or a different background, um, culture is in everything we do. So that's really what drew me so much to this, uh, to this model. Uh, we're solution driven. So if people don't know where to go, what to do, how to communicate with somebody, um, you know, 7C is probably the place that uh, can help tremendously. Yeah, and we'll share your website and all your information as well on teddytalks.com. Uh, so thank you for sharing that information. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, what exactly is cultural intelligence? They're also known as the, in the industry as CQ. What is it exactly, Fatih? Yeah, it's, it's a great concept that is actually, it's really uh, went through a rigorous um, uh, academic uh, process for years and years and years to come to this model. And in really, in, in the simplest forms, it's your own personal appetite uh, to work in a diverse environment. Uh, whether it's your understanding of the unique behaviors of others, uh, the languages of others, the etiquettes of others, um, their ethics, their backgrounds, their religious standpoint, it simply measures your ability to function in, in those settings. Um, many, many of us in the, in the 21st century um, are, are in that mix every single day. Uh, we might not recognize it, we might recognize it, we might see the difficulties, 
but it is real. Um, in any given time, you sit in, in a room, whether it's a small office or a big office, there's people that uh, might not 100% look and talk and uh, share the same beliefs as you do. That's what cultural intelligence is. It, it measures that appetite, and then it gives you the tools to improve on it if you choose to. So what's unique about it, once again, it's all about you as an individual. It's not necessarily just your company culture, but it is about you. And do you want to do this? Do you want to learn more about others? Do you have the appetite to do so? Yeah, thanks, Fatih, for sharing that. So how can cultural intelligence training be used to help today's busy professionals and top-level leaders? What are its true benefits and what can someone gain from having an organization like 7C Lingo uh, provide a CQ training? That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, there, there's a lot of value and there's a lot of benefit that over time, a, the, the team will become be, to be more culturally intelligent in the sense that they're not questioning why um, Teddy does something a certain way versus uh, what I really want them to do. Uh, it, it gives them the ability to understand where each person comes from. Um, it gets people to be closer in communication. And when you're closer in communication and you feel appreciated uh, and you feel like your employer uh, connects with you and understands your religious beliefs, possibly, they don't have to understand it to the point that they're preaching it, but they, they know where you're coming from and why you do certain things a certain way or uh, Ramadan is coming up and, and people are fasting, what happens? How do I actually um, manage that process? Uh, I think if, if a lot of the clients um, and, and myself as, as I run a business, as we try to understand our employees better and why they do things a certain way, there's a huge benefit. There is, there is so much research out there that, that shows diversity is essential Culture intelligence is essential because it makes people think differently and, and, and ultimately be a lot more productive at the workplace and more profitable to the organization. Okay, great. So let me ask you then, in your professional opinion, what do you feel is the biggest mistake you see that people are making when it comes to cultural intelligence? What are we doing wrong? Well, it's not so much wrong. I think it's, um, you know, I, I do believe that communication is complicated, period. Uh, and, I, and I say that uh, because when I communicate with my kids, it's very different than when I communicate with my peers. And if my peers come from a different background, it's complicated uh, because they might have their own um, ways of doing things. I think where we can always improve is not to assume so much. You know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day that I wanted to do some work on my house. And um, you know, you can tell that they have um, a lot of assumptions about me just by looking at my name. You can tell that they have a lot of assumptions about where I come from because they have heard a little bit about me. Um, and really, it, it makes it very awkward uh, just to walk into a place where there's just so much assumptions about you. And then at the end, it, those assumptions, most of them were not true. Um, but it is really, really interesting to kind of let your guards down and, and, and try to reach out across the aisle and to learn more about the other. All of us love to talk about our culture. All of us like to talk about our family. Just like all of us, if you like sports, you like to talk about your favorite team. Well, just imagine if I'm stuck in a room with you or in an office with you on a regular basis or I'm working on a big project and all my assumptions about you is negative. That's, I think, what we can do better. Uh, not that we're doing it wrong, but I think that there needs to be more time invested in learning about others and why people do things a certain way. I think that can take all of us, myself included, a long way. Yeah, and you know, as you're saying that, Fatih, I think back many years ago when 
um, you did a, a CQ training and um, I learned, and it's something I'm very aware of now that, you know, um, you've known me a long time. I talk with my hands and uh, we had the discussion about how that in some cultures can be considered offensive. So I'm very aware of that now when I'm uh, speaking with people about uh, where my hands are at. So I, that's how I think about, um, you know, that the, it, there's, we can all learn something when you agree from CQ training. Oh, absolutely. There's so much to learn. Uh, I think that the most important thing that you learn, uh, you know, in my humble opinion, is really you learn yourself more and you learn your own culture more. And you learn this basic concept of what's really my core values um, and what are the things that I'm willing to flex on. And that's something that we go in depth on. It's remarkable. It's not so honestly, you know, I know I mentioned earlier that you learn about others, but I think in this process, you really learn a lot more about you as a person and maybe your background as, as, as an individual that kind of, you don't even know that you have it. And going through the CQ, you learn more and you, then you start really developing, what do I want to do differently? How do I actually become better, more intelligent in my communication style? And here, just to caution, we're not talking about ethnic grounds. Again, we're talking about basic, basic, even family culture. We all talk about this and hear this. If you bring in politics in, in one household, you'll have 20 different opinions and they all come from the same culture. So culture is not just different ethnic backgrounds. So I just wanna be very clear on that, but there is so much to learn about yourself as an individual and the people around you. Yeah, I'm, our listeners obviously can't see, but I'm actually, uh, smiling because when you mention up the core values and flex, you know, that is something you and I have always worked on and stuff. And I think it's, I still use that all the time. Um, I'm going through a situation right now where I uh, get out that um, core and flex chart and I look and I'm, you know, you know, instead of being stubborn, I'm like, where can I flex? I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools in the CQ training myself, but Absolutely. okay. Yeah, I love it. So here is a question I have for you. Uh, you know, while putting this program together, you know, I got on the Googler and I read somewhere that in order to acquire cultural intelligence, you need to pass through three phases, awareness, knowledge, and skills. Do you agree with this? Is this uh, part of CQ? Absolutely. It's actually four, probably. Um, uh, I think there is there is the four measures of CQ is is really the drive and again that goes back to your ability and then your strategy of how your uh, your ability to adapt in in those situations so like anything else you have to have that drive you have to have the strategy and then you got to put it into action and this is the true application and then your knowledge um, those four things and they, they don't go in this order um, but those four things are absolutely essential for you to become culturally intelligent but more so as an individual than as a company or organization. Um, if you have the drive, you can learn a lot. If you um, put the knowledge after the drive, then you know, you're acquiring this knowledge and, and it's coming easily to you because you want it. Of course, I wouldn't start with every single thing out there. I would pick small things that I wanna learn about on a, on a particular culture or a particular point of view. And then I put that into my strategy and then I go into the action. Um, so those four elements of CQ is the bread and butter of the model. Um, and it's very malleable. And th that's what's beautiful about it. You score low today and you can, you can work on improving it um, by, by just simple, basic encounters 
that we would help you guide you through that process. Um, but it is, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's a must. Okay, so, you know, we recently had Amina Ardea Khalil, and I hope she's proud that I got her name right, on Teddy Talks, and she provided some really amazing information on emotional intelligence, where we learned that EQ is the ability to identify and manage our own emotions and the emotions of others. And we know that CQ is the ability to relate to and communicate effectively with people from other cultures. So how do you believe these are related? And do you see a need for IEQ to be uh, culturally savvy? Do you think EQ is part of the cultural intelligence uh, platform? Um, it's definitely one of the models that can be taught through uh, CQ and, and vice versa. Um, I think they're, they're, um, they go together really, really well. I think they can sit separate, but I think any person that is uh, is going to go through the road, uh, you know, travel that travel on that journey, as we call it, of uh, EQ or diversity or or any of that. They all go together really, really well. There will be some things that have been repeated because, again, we're talking about us as individuals. Um, it, they're all very, very well connected, um, but but it, but they're separate. They measure different things, but they're connected, um, and they can be connected more um, with with the right facilitators and the right trainers for sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think both of those components, um, I think, are very valuable myself. Uh, so do you believe that cultural intelligence should be part of today's educational curriculum in our schools? In what age should children begin to learn about other cultures and how to embrace and celebrate differences and the world around them? You know, I, I always caution when it becomes to be uh, something mandatory. Um, I think the beauty of CQ, like we talked about, it's more on the, your appetite and, and what you wanna know. It will never hurt. However, I always fear when a student or a colleague sits in a training that they're forced to sit in. I think there's the automatic negative assumption that, that somebody's trying to make me uh, something that I don't wanna be. Uh, so part of it for me personally, because I don't like that type of confrontation, um, I, I like to sit back and have them want to learn it. But I do believe that any education on, um, on, on learning yourself more and learning about people around you and not have a lot of stereotypes, there will always be stereotypes. And, and, and unfortunately, part of it is, you know, we're all gonna be thinking something different of Teddy and, and Fathi and Muhammad and Joe and John, but that's part of life. Um, I don't think we can, we can erase that, but it's what we do with it is probably the bigger question for me. Uh, for me personally, uh, I, I like to teach that in my own family first. I teach that with my kids um, before I even teach it to my employees, um, because I think I need to do that um, so I'm not a hypocrite. Um, I, I want my kids to learn this stuff. I want my family to be very diverse in a thought, in a thought process. I want them to learn about different cultures. They might not understand everything. They might not agree with everything. They might have their own assumptions, but at least they know that this person, person comes from a good place. Um, they mean well. They might have said it differently, not the way that you're used to. So that becomes to be more crucial for me than just having it as a curriculum in a school. I don't know the answer to your question, but that's just kind of how I feel about it a little bit um, from that side. Yeah, you know, uh, 
uh, Fatih, I want to kind of expand on that. I like something you said that, um, like, you know, obviously you have very open, uh, you know, and impactful dialogue with your family, your children, and your wife. But do you, what about families? Um, could this be a key component in a family's discussion, maybe around the dinner table? Would you encourage uh, them to talk to their uh, children about um, being more culturally savvy? I think that's very, very powerful. I really do. Um, the people that I know that do that, um, I think it just, it, one, it educates your kids so much. You, you see you see the smile on their faces when they say, I met so-and-so and they told me about this. And I knew about it because of that. I think it's it's so powerful. It really is. Um, and, and I encourage people, again, it's not for everybody, but I encourage people to go out and visit restaurants and different places that might make them uncomfortable a little bit at first. You know, many times, again, that comes back to the flex, uh, the core and the flex um, model. But the more you learn about yourself and where you can where you can flex, I think the more enjoyment you will get out of it, you know, after two, three tries. And no one is judging you. And that's why when it comes from you, no one is judging you except you. Um, that, that to me is, is power. Yeah, it, you know... Oh, sorry, Fatih. And you know, you've heard me say over the many years is that, you know, part of our growth is when we are in our uncomfortable, it means we're growing when we, you know, we look at DE&I and we start. And so I think you're right. I think that, you know, uh, being in those uncomfortable spaces allows us to flex and grow. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think that uh, definitely, I mean, that, that is, that is growth. I mean, if you do the same thing every day, you're not growing. Um, if you don't flex, you're not growing. I mean, you're the same person, which again, for some people, that's wonderful. Um, but for somebody like myself and what I hope uh, my kids and the people that I love and the people that I work with and the people that I want to grow with and, and the culture that I want to take outside my house is I want to be, I want to be free. I want to be flexible. I want to learn. I want to grow. And that doesn't happen if I do it always my way, or if I take the same road every single day, I don't see anything else. So I would definitely agree with that. Um, and, and, and again, you just have to learn, and that's part of the culture intelligence, you have to learn to manage um, the conversation um, because you don't want to put people on the offense. You don't want to put them on the defense. Um, so you have to manage that when you're looking for that diversity component and you're looking for the um, the um, um, the the flex when you're trying to flex, um, you gotta you gotta be ready because some people might say things that you might not like, uh, and that's okay at times. But you gotta be able to accept it and manage it. Yeah, that that's really great advice. So, um, if someone came up to you, say I came up to you and asked you, um, what is what would be your number one piece of advice for someone who might be looking to become more culturally aware, culturally savvy? Uh, what would you tell them that they need to know or they should work on? Um, and I don't know if there's one silver bullet that can you can give us, but uh, I mean, what do you think we can do to start this journey to be uh, to celebrate differences and be more culturally aware? I think uh, I think a, a person asking uh, means that they're already on the right. Uh, you know, they started the first step of having that appetite, um, that drive to learn. So I would say that's awesome. Uh, grab a book about a culture that you want to learn about. Grab a book about something that you're interested in or, or visit that restaurant. We're all different. So you're right. There's not one thing that will fit everybody. But start basic. Start slow. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, again, learn more about yourself. And as, you, as you're touching that, um, when you go to that first time restaurant that you've never been to and you're always scared of, 
uh, take it easy. Don't go in and expect that you're gonna, you wanna be friends with everybody and, and, and you wanna be somebody different than, than who you are. Um, that's another important thing. Don't change who you are, but learn more about yourself to be able to communicate who you are in a way that is, that is peaceful, that is easy, um, that invites people to talk back to you. Uh, be open in the sense that, um, you know, if they have an accent, if they have, uh, if they look different, um, again, you know, they, they're, they're very similar to you in so many different ways. Don't push them off. So having, having that ability to, to ask easy questions so they get to talk, because most people are not uh, at first when they don't know you, um, it's not easy for them to talk to strangers. So it depends on what initial step you want to do. If you want to go to a restaurant, go to a restaurant, take it easy, order what you might know, but challenge yourself with one small dish for the entire family or for yourself. But don't order the, everything on the off the menu just because you want to say that you know now you eat um, you know Asian food or, or Middle Eastern food. No one is no one is um, testing you. No one is grading you, uh, except your own self and your own appetite to learn. Okay, so um, that was uh, amazing advice. So, what what do you say to someone who uh, um, slips up or makes a culturally insensitive remark or? Uh, does something that um, might be frowned upon. Um, what, what, how do you think that should be addressed? What do you think that person should do? I think you need to be genuine. Uh, I think that, uh, again, it depends on the magnitude of, of, uh, of, of what happened. But I think, I, I would probably say in, in the 90 percentile, most people, um, if you're genuine and apologetic in a genuine way, in a, in a way that you're like, you didn't know, most people pay no attention to that. They, they respect you and they're going to appreciate you saying that, that you apologize and you didn't mean to. Um, but don't go overboard either. Because uh, sometimes when you go overboard, you know, it, there's more that can go into it. Uh, so definitely be yourself again. Um, be yourself. Be kind. Um, don't say anything that you don't want anybody to say to you. And when you mess up, just a simple apology. And, and um, but sincere, not just the words. You know, yes. Yeah, so so fatigue, just to reiterate that for our listeners, uh, you are saying be transparent, authentic. Um, and, um, and, you know, and I say to people, if you're not gonna, if you don't mean your apology, don't say it. Would you agree with that? That's yeah, that's really what I'm trying to say there. Absolutely. Be, be yourself, be genuine, uh, but don't, don't fake words. People can read through. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. So, okay. This is always a tough question to ask people, but uh, where do you see yourself in the next three years? Where will Fatih be in the next three years? Or where would you like to be? You know, that's a great question. Uh, we have a lot of great things right now on, on, a, on, a, on a personal level. Let's start with a personal level. I think I, you know, my number one thing that I would want to see myself in the next three years is just uh, continue, continue to be a proud dad and a proud, proud husband. Uh, that means the world to me. Uh, that's my, my number one priority. Uh, second, work-wise, um, you know, we are seeing a lot of growth, um, you know, given the pandemic, um, things slow down a little bit, we're picking back up. Um, I, I would love for 7C to become something, um, you know, uh, a household name um, in terms of uh, this is the place to go when I don't know how to communicate and when I don't know um, how to deal with different cultures or, or you know, we need stuff that needs to be translated or, or talk to somebody. So it's vague. Um, but it's really about communication. I, I just want to be, I would love to be a household name that people recognize 7C and um, the quality that we do. Yeah, so my friend, our time together is coming to an end, unfortunately. 
But do you have any final thoughts or parting words as we pre prepare to say goodbye? You know, stay positive. Um, you know, keep keep focus on on the end goal. Um, there will be bumps in the road, uh, but there's just nothing but that. Um, continue continuing the journey, continuing to learn, continuing to appreciate one another, and you'll be able to sleep at night much better. So thank you again for T for joining me today on Teddy Talks. I have truly enjoyed our conversation and hope we will see you again on a future episode. You can find out more about Fatih and how to connect with him at teddytalks.com. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Teddy Talks. Remember, no matter where life's journey takes you, it's always a great time to grab a cup of coffee, some hot tea, or a martini, and let's keep talking.